And welcome into Heavy Hitters, everybody here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KOR Kutztown, Jack I'm Mitchell Smedley. Mitch, we're back. We are back. After, After another exciting weekend of uh, NFL, college football, MLB, we'll talk about it all today. Absolutely, we will. It's a Monday. It is. We're not feeling terrible for a Monday. My mood will be decided in about five hours. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. That's, uh, that's when I'll really know if today was a good day or not. So I'm decked out in the Eagles gear. I got Eagles. the hat, the, uh, the jersey, Smedley 22 on the back. Jack doesn't like it. Don't care. Jimmy Crack Corn. Uh, we we do not care. <laughs> um, and I don't care. It's five o'clock right here on the radio voice of University KUR. So you're listening to heavy hitters because it's a Monday. And I also have the Eagles jacket out in the lobby. So I'm fully decked out, ready to go. Put me in coach. I'm ready to play. <laughs> Put me in coach. As Smedley would say. That's a good song. All right. It is a good song. I Let's get into it. it. We're going to start MLB first. Get that out of the way. <laughs> We're going to go to the AL side of things first. The AL is a lot more interesting to talk about at this current juncture than the NL because the NL is kind of all figured out, at least in the divisional winner side of things. Real quick note uh, from today's games. The phone is not loading, unfortunate. Oh, now it does. The D-backs dropped 2 of 3 to the Yankees in the Bronx. Yankees win it 6-4 to with a comeback effort. They put up three runs in the bottom of the eighth inning to steal a win away from Arizona. 6-4, 6-4, to four, your final of that one. D-backs dropped to 82-74 and 74 with the loss. Tied with the Cubs right now for that second wild card. The Marlins a game back. Reds two and a half back for that last spot. So we will, uh, and then the Giants and Padres, they're five back, both of them. They actually started three games against each other tonight. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But I want to go to the AL side of things first here, Mitch. Sure thing. Only one division winner has clinched. That's and, remarkable. And we're on the final two series of the year. The only division winner to clinch the spot is the Twins in the Central at 83 and 73. They have clinched the American League Central. They're going back to the playoffs as the really them and Cleveland have jockeyed for control of that division for the past several years. White Sox made the playoffs in what, 2021? Not much else than that. Tigers, last time they made it was a while back. Uh, and same with the Royals. Last time they made it, I think, it was 2015 or 16. So. It's been interesting. Interesting to see how the AL is shaping up. The Orioles hold a lead in the East. I expect them to hang on and win it uh, as they host the Nationals for two and then the Red Sox for four to end their season. Orioles are going to win the AL East for the first time since 2014. That's, yeah, it's been a minute. It's been practically a decade since Baltimore's been on top of the East. It's been longer since the Phils won the East in the NL. Yeah, what, 2011? Yeah, I believe. Yeah. Because then we lost to the Cardinals. Yeah. So Ryan Howard's career ended there. Yeah. Sad day. Effectively. Sad. Yeah. I mean, he played more, but that was it. He was never the same mm-hmm. as Phillies fans. Yeah, the core was disrupted after that and sank us into a 10-year uh, rebuild of sorts. Due to the great leadership Ruben of one Amaro Ruben Amaro Jr. Jr. <laughs> who, I, who I cannot stand, and we still let broadcast It's so games. funny to me. It's mind-boggling. It's so funny, man. A guy who ran the organization into the ground. <laughs> Still so involved. And everyone's like, yeah, he's a great guy. He's so smart. No, he's not. <laughs> Whatever. All right. As well, if I could do his job. So. Orioles are 97 and 59, like I mentioned, their road for the final six. I expect them to hold on. What a year it's been for them. Wow. Really tremendous. Yeah. All the young talent is popping. Real chance to get 100 wins. They Who put it thought? all together, man. They I did. Mean, they really exceed. We, we expected them to take a considerable step forward. Even I didn't have them projected 100 wins. 
And that was, you know, it's been one of the greatest surprises of the year so far. You love to see young talent come to fruition. You love to see it be realized. That lineup has some boppers in it, man. It does. It does. Have Just casually reaching for a paper. I'm sorry. It's okay. The binder's not in here usually for the notebooks. I don't know where it is. Not so on I, the ground anymore? I, I have two of them. What did Josh do with it? And, uh, yeah, that, that's it for now. I, I blame Josh. during the hourly break. We got two for this hour. Um, I mean, it's a little before the 10, but we can do it now. We can change things. Never a, a bad bit. idea. Message from the KUR Notebook. Uh, attention KU students. The Keystone Newspaper Student Publishing Group is looking for writers. Joining Keystone is a great way to gain journalism experience and build your resume. Writing is an important look look for on resumes. Keystone alumni have gone to work at major media and news outlets. To learn more about the Keystone Newspaper Student Publishing Group, please visit please visit thekeystonenews.com. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Rolling on hour number one, talking all things MLB on the American League side. Just talked about the Orioles, how we think they will hang on to win the East. They're going to be the top team in the AL. They'll be the one seed. The playoffs are going to run through Baltimore. That's insane. If they clinch, which we think they will. Again, it's still not official yet. I, I think they will. But yeah, as well. I think their I think their schedule is just more favorable for sure. So. Nationals and Red Sox is not that big of a test. No. All right, let's go on down to H Town. Oh, Houston! Wow, hanging on by the skin of their teeth right now as the Royals have just swept them. That's insane. Swept the Astros. Houston hangs on to the last wild card spot by half a game. Half a game over the Mariners. Over Seattle, which it's a miracle Seattle didn't overtake them yet. But and tonight, oh, actually, I think it's tomorrow. Um, no, it is tonight. I, I lied. Tonight starts what, in my opinion, is the biggest series of the year in either conference, in either league. Last year, that was Mets-Braves. The Astros will travel to Seattle to take on the Mariners oh, for a three-game set. The winner of this series will more than likely go to the playoffs unless the the Astros implode against Arizona. Well, put it this way. The winner of this series will hold that wild card spot. Yeah, exactly. Unless the Blue Jays just get swept by the Yankees at home. Yeah. Don't foresee that happening. I, I don't foresee it either, but it could happen. It could. I don't see it happening, now. So if you win the series, you're getting in the playoffs. Pitching matchup tonight, Justin Verlander for the Astros. Luis Castillo, the ace of that Mariners rotation. Battle of the Aces going there. Well, you could argue who's the ace of that Astros staff, whether it's, I would say it's Valdez, actually. So I would say the ace of the, the Mariners going against the number two of Houston. It's um, it's huge, man. Did it's I, really big. The Astros might miss the playoffs. They dealt their top two prospects for Verlander at the deadline. Thank you. With, to, a, with a roster, you know, a lot of a roster that just won a World Series. To might, you know, to not even make the playoffs, possibly. It's, it's unbelievable. It How is. do you get swept by the Royals? Baffling. Really? Oh, my goodness. You can't You can't sit there and actually feel confident heading into October. You just got swept by the Royals. And I understand this is coming from a Phillies fan who got swept by the Cubs in the same series last year, third to last. I understand that. Phillies went on, well, they were in the position that the Astros are in right now. Final wild card spot. Went to the World Series. I get that. This is not the Astros we're used to seeing. We're used to seeing a dominant force that looks like a machine. Exactly. And we have we have not seen that. We've seen a factory of sadness over the weekend. Yes, we have, Mitch. Uh, I think Verlander is one of the you know guys you could look at and say, hey, he is not a 
He's not been the guy we thought we were getting back. Yeah. Since being traded to Houston, nine starts, 55 innings pitched, 57 hits, a 3.93 ERA, 1.21 whip, nine home runs allowed. He allowed only nine home runs with the Mets while making seven more starts. Yeah. So the home runs have been up for Verlander. He's allowed 9.3 hits per nine and a 4.33 FIP. So not what the Astros were fully looking for when they got Verlander back. Almost a four ERA. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's just you know I didn't wear and tear. I didn't think he was doing particularly well with the Mets. I didn't. He think, was doing better. I mean, he had a three one five. Yeah, he was, he was the fine. Mets. I just thought that I don't know. He didn't look great when I watched him pitch. When I watched highlights of the Mets, um, I just didn't think he looked like the Verlander of old. He didn't look dominant anymore at all. And if someone doesn't look dominant, if their stuff isn't on point over the course of a season, you lose kind of that like power through. You kind of you know. Your body starts to degrade as the season goes along. That's just a factor of pitching uh, for most people. And it seems like Verlander has taken a, another step back during the second half of the season. So I think, you know, credit to the Mets. They won that trade. They got some good prospects. And uh, the Astros, oh boy, you you are in trouble. You better win this series. Wow, really? That's a good analysis. It's not an analysis. It's just a warning. I mean... There's been a lot of laughing stocks of the MLB so far. Okay, I would not call the Astros a laughing stock if they miss the playoffs, considering they've won. I'm aware two World Series, but to go from winning the World Series to missing the playoffs, how many times like do we this, see it? We do. I just like this getting swept by the common. Royals. That doesn't feel right. No, it doesn't. But this is baseball, man. Anybody can beat anybody. I also just I, and I know that might be like, well, yeah, Jack, that's sports. But it's like I feel like that happens way more in baseball than any other sport. And there's also more sample size for it to happen. Well, you hear about Super Bowl hangovers. Yeah, exactly. All the time. I just I really want to laugh at the Astros for once. I want to see them upset. They broke my heart, Jack. They did. They broke my heart. Shattered it. Yeah, they did. Into tiny little bits and pieces. Yeah. So, all right. I want to take a look at this game tonight, though. I think Verlander might bounce back in this one. I think it's going to be a really low-scoring game. I think both pitchers are going to pitch well. But I think the Mariners are going to lose. The first game, at least. Ooh, I don't think so. I think Verlander is off. I think he's, like I said, he's getting worse as the season goes on. Astros got that established culture. They have that identity in them. There's no way this team misses the playoffs. They're going to get in. Houston. We'll take two or three from the Mariners. They will do what they got to do. I believe it's only two against the the Diamondbacks. Let me look. Taking a quick peek at that. It is three in Arizona. They're going to win both those series. And they're going to be going to the playoffs because there is no way that Houston missed the playoffs. There's just It's not going to happen. It Can you give me the other two happen. pitching matchups for the series? So you said tonight it was... Uh, Verlander-Castillo. Verlander-Castillo. Tomorrow night it is... By the way, I have Castillo out-pitching Verlander. I think Verlander gives up four runs. And I don't think Castillo does. I think George he Kirby pitches one run ball. Against Kirby. Christian Javier. Okay. And in the capper, it's Valdez against Bryce Miller. Man. Astros take two or three. I really think the Sea... Seahawks? No. The Mariners. The <laughs> Seahawks. I really think the Mariners take the first two games of this series. You know who I think is going to be a really good bullpen option for the Mariners? Who? DK Metcalf. He <laughs> really could be. <laughs> this this young guy joking, they brought up, Kenneth Walker the third. he looks like a stud. Like He's got elite center field speed. All jokes aside, we'll talk about the Seahawks a little later We on. will. But for Seattle, yeah, I think they dropped two or three here, just my humble prediction. Which game do you think they win? Tonight. 
I think Verlander will pitch well, but not enough to win. Oh, no, I said the Astros will win tonight. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, going to walk did. it back. Mariners win tonight. They lose the next two. Okay, I got the Mariners winning tonight and tomorrow in the Astros salvaging uh, Wednesday's game. So, And we will talk about this series probably a little in-depth on the Wednesday show. We will. So, All get right. excited for that. Let's move on. Let's talk about the Texas Rangers. Winners of five in a row. They travel to Anaheim tonight. They get the Angels for three. Who are without Mike Trout now. For and Otani. Yeah, well, the Otani thing is that, old. Yeah. But. yeah, Mike Trout, 60-day IL. Wrist injury. Man, he's been dealing with his wrist injury all year. Yeah, it just never healed. So, yeah. Unfortunate. Rangers... Oh, uh, no, my goodness. I was going to say host the Angels, but they don't. They go to the Angels for three. Then they go to Seattle for four. That's to end their season. Rangers looking to win the AL West for the first time since 2016. A lot of Could be a lot of new divisional winners this year. What's especially their the uh, AL side number? of things. What's their clinching uh, number still for the division? Lot. Okay. I think they only have like a one and a half game lead on oh, is it? I thought it, I thought it widened out a little bit. Okay. No, two and a half, two and a half. Okay. Gotcha. So, both the Mariners and Astros have five games left before they're eliminated from the AL West race. Mar- Mariners? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So. Understood. Bruce Bochy and the Rangers trying to get it done. Well, look, if it's a three-game series in Anaheim, right? They need to win two or three. For the Rangers? Yeah. It's a three-game? Yeah. If they sweep, which I think is very possible, whoever loses two games in um, in the Astros and Mariners series is eliminated. From that, uh, from contention. Yeah. So that takes care of one of the teams, uh, and then the magic number's down to one for the weekend. So yeah, the Rangers are looking really good right about now. I don't think they sweep. This is the time of year where the math gets really simple. You know, math gets really simple. If this, then that. Um, I think they do sweep. I think they take care of the Angels. I really don't. I really don't want that to happen. Why not? Because uh, the Mets have a chance at a top six draft pick. Oh, if the Angels... Uh, the Angels, the Mets are one game back of the Angels right now. If the ooh. Angels keep winning, the Angels can win one in this series. And then they play the A's. So, like, let's hope they win one in this series and sweep the A's. Oh, that'd be great. That would be good for you. the Mets are probably not going to win four of their last six. Yeah, especially with the Phils coming the into town. and the Phillies. Well, the Phillies might have nothing... Might have, might, oh, excuse me. Might not have anything to play yeah, for Yeah, I mean, series. the way the Diamondbacks are playing and, you know, they're now tied The Phillies the are Cubs. five games up. Five games up, man. So, I mean, they're very much in a good situation. We'll talk about them in a little bit. I want to keep trucking through the AL real quick. Sure. Talked about the Rangers. Talked about the Astros and the Mariners, what their situations currently are. Let's talk about Toronto. They've been taking care of business on the road. Took two or three from both the Yankees and the Bronx and the Rangers at Tropicana... Uh, Rangers. The Rays, excuse me, at Tropicana Field. Uh, they now get both of those teams at home. A great opportunity to clinch in front of the home fans. Uh, for Toronto, I think they're in. They're going to get that second spot. They are two games up on Houston, and they're two and a half up on Seattle. So I think they're in a really good position. Toronto, I think, is going to get in. They're going to get that second spot. It's really going to just be Houston um, or Seattle. Heck, maybe even Texas could get a wild card. I don't think they're safe for the division yet. Either I mean they have a favorable series with the with the Rangers or with the Angels, excuse me. Uh, but then they go to four for Seattle, and that Seattle team's going to be hungry, especially if they lose that series to Houston. They know they're going to need to win every one of those games possible to try to get in. So, you know, Texas, I don't think is fully safe yet. They're looking decent, but uh, I think Texas is pretty safe, especially considering uh, those two teams play each other. So there's going to be losses handed out. There's going to be three losses handed out. Well, it could be two. Like, what if they split that four-gamer? Uh, no, no, no. I'm talking the uh, Mariners and oh, Astros. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's going to be three losses handed out between those two. So. 
I think if Seattle loses two or three to Houston, they're done. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with Unless that. Unless they win three or four sweep, which I don't I don't foresee happening. that at all. So All right. Um And that's and that's assuming Houston doesn't win another game. Yeah, exactly. So I mean they gotta play the Diamondbacks. We'll They'll see win. what their situation will be. Yeah. But last thing we talk about the AL's gotta be the Rays. They're trying to get back in the East race. They're down by two and a half games. They get Boston for two and then Toronto for three, both of those series on the road to end their season. Again, I just don't see them catching Baltimore, but the Rays have all but locked up that top wildcard spot. Yep. So they will be hosting, probably in my mind, Toronto yes. on the first round. If a- everything AL East uh, showdown in the playoffs. Yeah, if everything goes the way we think it will. Yep. So, All right. Over to the NL. Um. Yeah, it's actually the 20-minute mark. Oh, though, wow, so already. We're going to step aside. We're going to break down the NL side of things real quick when we come back. Then we'll move on. Round up the first hour by talking all things college football, breaking down week four. A lot of thrilling games there to talk about. Uh, and then hour number two will be predominantly NFL recapping what was a hectic week three and then previewing the Monday night games to end the show between the Eagles and Buccaneers uh, and the Rams and the Bengals. So much more to talk about here on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KR Kutztown, don't go anywhere. And welcome back in. It's Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. I'm Mitchell Smedley. That's Jack Heim taking you through this rush hour on a Monday, a dreary Monday here in Berks County. Uh, if you're driving, happy you got us on with you. Uh, we'll have a traffic update coming up for you in about yep. 10 minutes or so. Yep, a couple more minutes for that. Yep. But we made our way through the AL wild, uh, well, I guess mostly <laughs> wild card, but playoff well, race. The AL, well, <laughs> yeah, well, you know. You sounded like that video last night you showed me. Which one? We we always watch so many videos. The uh, oh, the, the national anthem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jack, I haven't laughed like that in a while. That video was that so was, funny. Hey, oh, everything was goodness. there. Everything yeah, was there. Everything was there. If you know, you know. Yeah. Um. So we made our way through the AL playoff race, and we will now transition over to the NL. Do you want to work our way up from the uh, from the bottom, Jack? You want to talk uh, Giants Padres first? Yeah, let's do it. Um, effectively, Same record in my mind, these two teams can kind of knock each other out of this race by you know they play each other this series I mean one team's going to take at least two of three I think if that scenario plays out like let's say the Padres take two of three right well the, mathematically I think their elimination number is two so yeah some, it's two so the Giants, so the Giants would, be would be out and the Padres would be down to one yep so so one of right, them so one of these out, teams needs one to of them, sweep yeah if one of the teams sweeps they'll still have a magic number of two yeah if it's a two out of three then magic number's one effectively, effectively eliminated done. So, so you know this is where these teams can you know put on the gloves and go toe-to-toe to try yeah. to knock each other out of this thing. Yeah, have fun. Uh, it's like a heavyweight boxing match. I hope Gabe Kapler loses. So, <laughs> But, I mean, the Padres, one of those embarrassing teams that really looked like they were all in this year and came up well short. Well short. Came up well out of the race. Yeah, out of the race. A non-factor the entire season. Really a stunning story. We'll unpack that. In the offseason, I'm sure we'll have more updates on, not updates, but more discussions about what went wrong for these various teams and all that. But uh, the Giants, they were hot for a while. They were one of those surprise teams, but they were a team I looked at above the Phillies in the standings, and I was like, they're not going to hold up. Them, the Marlins, the Reds, and all three fell. All three fell in dramatic fashion. Giants have lost eight of their last ten. Yep, they just are not a good baseball team anymore. So There are 500 teams, is what they are. Exactly. Anyways, so that series will knock somebody out. Uh, next team up is the Reds. Two and a half out right now. Elimination number of four. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're pretty much out of it, I, I would venture to say. But 
I mean, we got we got to talk Cubs about they, how about leaving a, a win out there for the taking. The Reds were up, I believe this was over the weekend on Friday, maybe. Mm-hmm. I texted my sister's boyfriend about this. Reds fan. Um, Reds oh. were up nine to nothing. Oh. Nine to nothing over the Pirates, right? Yeah. And the Pirates came back to win. I think it was 12-10, 12-11. to 12-12. 13-12, Okay. Yeah. So, what a comeback. How do you let that happen to a team that has nothing to play for? As a team that is They're in the young. midst of the race and young, right? They have a lot of they had a lot of energy throughout the year and it just fizzled out. They didn't they This is where that that experience comes into play. That culture Jack loves to talk about. It's where it comes into play. The Reds did not have it in place. And wow, man oh man, is that an embarrassing sight. Leaving a win out there for the taking. If they win that game alone, they're only one and a half out. Right there bunched up with the Marlins, uh, with the Cubs and Diamondbacks. I mean, that's got to be a salty feeling. It does. And how about the Pirates? I mean, they get to take a victory lap. When they're out of this race, they go on the road and take two of three at Wrigley and then take two of three against the Reds at Great American Ballpark. The Pirates, we mentioned they could absolutely wreck this playoff race for multiple teams. They've done that effectively through two of their series by beating their two division rivals on the road. Let's hope that stops right there. I mean, that is incredible. I mean, I don't think the Phillies have much to worry about. Even if they lose this series, they take one game, they're pretty much in. Uh, yeah, well, they are. The magic number to get into the playoffs is one for yeah. the Phillies. So, so even they win if, like, one game. the Cubs or Diamondbacks lost a game, Cubs or, Cubs or Marlins, I think it is, lost game, we'd still be in. So the Phillies can pretty much go on cruise control. I mean, they're five games up on the two teams behind them. Do you see either the Diamondbacks or the Cubs no. like winning out? Like I don't think the Phillies are in any danger right now. No, the Phillies are the top wild card. Put That's it. the way it's going to be. Exactly. So we're kind of jumping around here. But the Reds, embarrassing loss, uh, embarrassing series loss, and they're really in some deep trouble here with two series to go in the season. Let's move on. Talk about the Marlins a little bit. What are you seeing with them, Jack? Uh, real quick though, just schedule oh, for the Reds. I did jump. I did jump the gun on that. So they get two at Cleveland pitching matches. Will be Hunter Green against Lucas Giolito, uh, and then it'll be Andrew Abbott against Shane Bieber in that one for the Reds. Andrew they Abbott have, sounds like he should be like a governor. Oh wait, there is a governor Abbott. I'm yeah, stupid. in Texas. Yeah, Greg, right? Uh, yes. That's yeah, first name. Yeah. All right. Is he Texas or Georgia? No, Texas. Okay. Um, I don't know who's Georgia. I do know the the name of the governor. I just forget it. It'll it'll come to me eventually. Is it Kemp? Uh yes, it is. That's what I thought. Like that, that was my gut feeling, but yep. I didn't I didn't want to say it for sure. But I was right. Nice. Look at that. All right. So they get two in Cleveland. Then they'll get a day off, and then go to St. Louis to end their season for three. We think the Reds effectively have to win out or take four or five to to get in. There's you know there's still a game and a half back of Miami, who's not even in this thing. A lot's going to have to break yeah. right for the Reds to get in this. Thing. Well, with an elimination number of four, uh, if you lose one of those games, you're down to three. Yeah. So that means that uh, the teams ahead of you would have to get three wins in their final five to six games. Yeah, and that very well could happen. Very well likely going to happen. So I would say the Reds pretty much have to sweep um, the rest of the the rest of their games there if they want any realistic shot. But you know, there's there's three teams ahead of them. It's going to be rough. It's really hard. They put themselves in a difficult position. Moving on. Moving on. Let's look at Miami. They are one game back of the Cubs. The Marlins will go to City Field to take on the Mets starting tomorrow night. Uh, they have Braxton Garrett against Joey Lucchese pitching matchups. Kodai Sangle pitching game two for New York. 
David Peterson will pitch game three. Jesus Zardo, the game three start for the Marlins. They are TBD on game two. Um, so we'll see who gets the ball for them for Miami there. Then they will travel to PNC Park to take on the Pirates, who continue to be at the forefront yes. of trying to shake up this race. Imagine the Pirates take two of three from the from the Cubs, Reds, and the Marlins to end the season. That'd be insane. That would be crazy. That would. That mean because that means they really altered it. And the Pirates and were really scooted in the teams. Diamondbacks' favor. Yeah, exactly. The Diamondbacks would be. I mean, if you can't be the capitalize first to shake on the Pirates' that. hand, <laughs> they would be the first to shake the Pirates' hand. Yeah, but look at this. I mean, the the Pirates have taken those first two series, and the Diamondbacks have not helped their case at all. They've sunk back down to the Cubs. They they played worse than the Cubs. They did. They lost their lead, and now they're tied. So it's going to take more. It is. All right, we're going to step aside for about 30 seconds real quick as it is rush hour. Get an updated traffic report for all of those who might be listening to us while they're driving. Uh, We'll be back in 30 seconds here on KUR. Accident-free traveling in the Lehigh Valley on 22 and 78, Berks County on 222 and 422, Schuylkill County on 209 and 309, Carbon County on 248 and 443, and on the turnpike. The 69 News Traffic Center tip line is 610-820-1111. That's the latest from the 69 News Traffic Center. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters here on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University. KUR Kutztown. Jack High Mitchell Smedley. Hour number one, talking all things MLB. We are talking about the NL uh, playoff race, playoff picture. Where things stand, the schedule and the road ahead for all of these teams. Uh, the path to get in the postseason, who we think is more likely to get in, on uh, who we think is going to be on the outside looking in when it's all said and done. So far, we've said the the Giants, Padres, and Reds, well, the Padres and Reds, five games back, they're really going to have to get a miracle to get in. Padres and Giants. Will. What did I say? Reds. Oh, Padres and Giants, pardon me. Uh, and the Reds are two and a half back. We don't think they're going to get in when it's all said and done either. But now we're talking about Miami. They go to take on the Mets and the Pirates. We've talked about how the Pirates have really really shaking things up uh, by beating the Cubs and the Reds. Two out of three in those respective series against those two ball clubs. Uh, They're going to get the Marlins in the final series of the year. A chance for the Pirates to keep the Marlins out of things, depending on how the Marlins series in New York goes. Uh, I think Miami has effectively has to take two out of three to put themselves in a good spot. I would definitely agree. Absolutely. 83-76 and if they were to do that. Yeah. Starts tomorrow. Look, the, the Mets are not playing well. They're I mean, obviously, they're playing like a team that has not much but a draft pick left to play for. And it's upsetting for New York fans. It's just the reality. Yeah, it is. It's just the reality that losing is actually kind of the best thing for them right now. So Yeah, if we don't get a top six pick, we'll go down to like 17. Yeah. So Wait, really? Yeah, because of the luxury tax. Oh, wow. You lose 10 spots. That's why I want it so bad. Oh, Like, we're man. this close. We're this close. Might as well just keep losing. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's the gain in winning? So... Divisional matchup. Outside of keeping the Marlins out. Different stakes on the line, yep. And playing the Phillies, we got nothing to do for them. They're going to make it anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. We'll talk about the Phillies in just one second. We will. Well, a few seconds. But Marlins, look for them to start racking up the wins against the Mets. That's good news for Jack. That's good news for Marlins fans. I couldn't care less. I think the Marlins are a first-round exit. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not sold on the Marlins to do much. No, I'd, I think the Brewers would have their way with them if they got that third wild card. So, anyways, I think the Brewers are a sneaky team in this. Race. I think the Brewers are pretty good. I think they're they're really good. Um, good pitching. Uh, 
little bit of an underrated lineup, I think. I think they got some guys that put the bat on the ball really well. Uh, they're not going to overwork you with home runs, but they, they definitely have some guys that can put the ball in play, string some hits together, work some good counts. Yep. So They're just scrappy, man. Very scrappy. Very scrappy. But give me the Marlins to take minimum two or three. I have a feeling it'll be another sweep of the Mets. And then uh, we'll see what happens with that Pirates series. They're playing good baseball. They're playing good baseball right now, so watch out Miami. Take it to the trap the, series. Yeah, trap series uh, to end the season. There, it was a trap series for the uh, the previous two, for the uh, who was it? Cubs and Reds. Reds. So, let's take it to those Cubs actually, because they still maintain that. Well, they're now tied for that second wild card spot, still maintaining in the wild card picture. Uh, they were the third wild card for the majority of the week, but the Diamondbacks just insist on losing. So here we are. Cubs and Diamondbacks are tied. Jack, who do you think is going to end up? In that second wild card spot, not the Cubs, really. No, I don't think the Cubs make it. Wow, give me your reasoning for that. That's interesting. Look at the, the take one look at their schedule. They have to go to Atlanta for three. Yeah, and then go to Milwaukee for three. Now the now the Brewers they should have it all locked. Could effectively you know be resting guys based on how they want to go at it on on their decision making as an organization. Uh, their magic number is one to clinch the NL Central. Uh, so if the Cubs lose to Atlanta tomorrow night and the Brewers win, it's over, right? Or do the Cubs just have to lose? So if the Cubs lose, it's over. Yeah. Okay. So if the Cubs lose, which they will, they're not going to sweep the, the the Braves and the Brewers. It's over. The the Brewers are effectively on a champions. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just looking at the schedule. It's that's tough, man. Uh, that's a gauntlet to end your season. Plus, I don't love the rotation. I mean, Jamison Tyon is not good. You're pitching him every fifth day. Justin Steele is having a great year. Bryce Elder is pitching pretty well, too, for the Braves. I don't know. It doesn't really matter, I think, who the Braves throw out. Jamison Tyon's so bad, they're going to at least lose one of the games in the series. Marcus Stroman's good, but, like, you know, this is, these are huge games for, for the Cubs. I mean, every win is so valuable. Yeah, it's going to be tough to Just get Just because those... they're, they're, you know, in a crowded room. Amongst a bunch of other teams, and you draw the best team in baseball, and then you draw your division winner. Yeah, who's gonna have some motivation to knock you out of this thing? For sure. I mean, they don't want no one wants to face a divisional opponent in the playoffs. We all see. We talk about it all the time. What goes what goes on in divisional matchups in football? They're very hard to predict. Exactly. If I were the if I were the Brewers and I had a say in it, I'd say, yeah, give me the give me the Marlins. Give me the Marlins. Yeah, I was gonna say Reds, but no, that's <laughs> that's also a divisional opponent. Give me the give me the Marlins, for sure. That makes total sense. But, yeah, it's definitely going to be hard to get those wins uh, against a team that just hit 100 wins. Only team so far in MLB this year to do it. I think the Cubs win two of those games. You think they win two or three against the Braves? No, I win two total of the final oh, six. Oh, of the final six. Yeah, I think two is a – I don't know. I, I feel like they get minimum three. I think they take one minimum from the Braves, two minimum from the Brewers. I think the Brewers will be resting, folks, because they don't have the rest period that the – number one and number two seeds are going to have. I think that's more effective than you could argue they won't rest guys because, like, rest starters or anything like that because they got to keep them fresh because the wild card series is going to start right back up. We did see that last year. I think it's it, it all depends on where their rotation falls. Do we have their rotation um, projected start days pulled up yet, or is that possible? To For Milwaukee, so they host St. Louis. They're pitching Adrian Hauser today. They have Wade Miley going tomorrow and Corbin Burns to round out that series. So they'll have probably Brandon Woodruff, 
uh, Freddie Peralta and then back to Hauser. I'd and that say, would line up the Cubs. perfectly for Burns to start Game One, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so yeah, they should. They, wow, wow, the Brewers are set. <laughs> I mean, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, exactly. I I think that's okay. Well, I might have to adjust my prediction then. Um, man, you think Miami gets in this thing over the over the I Cubs? I do. Okay, I do. For some reason, I just have a feeling the Cubs hold on. Despite, I don't know why. Despite Sandy Alcantara being done for the year. Yeah, that's crazy. If you would have told me the Marlins are a playoff team with no Sandy Alcantara, what are you talking Wild. about? Yeah. Like, are, like, are you are you okay there? Yeah. Like, like well, what's your basis for that take? So, I mean, <laughs> There was none. I don't know. Um, yeah, let's move on here. Diamondbacks real quick, and we'll talk about the Phillies before going into the break. Arizona lost today. They lost 2-3 to to the Yankees. They go to Chicago for three starting tomorrow. The White Sox? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, whoa, what a big series, but no. Yeah, no. The D- the Diamondbacks already swept the Cubs twice. Yeah. So they yeah, won six so in a row against that the Cubs. They do. <laughs> that's, they do. That's an important note. That's also an important note. It is. It is. Pitching matchups in that series for, uh, I believe that's, is that Jose Arrania supposed to go tomorrow for the White Sox? I don't know, but I just jogged my own memory. Do we know who has the tiebreaker Cubs-Marlins? That very well could come into play. I'm not sure. And this is Jose Arrania. Wow. Man, eight starts, 0-6 with a 7-2-7 ERA. My goodness, that's terrible. The projected White Sox starter for, for tomorrow night's night series opener. Uh, guaranteed right field against the Diamondbacks. That is putrid. Uh, for the for the D-backs, they're going to have their pitchers in that series are going to be Zach Davies. They'll have on Wednesday Brandon Fat, and then uh, <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to laugh at that. And then Thursday is TBD. Oh, he's a good pitcher. Yeah, man, that guy just knows how to pitch. TBD. It's rare that you see him, but I mean, it's more. He's more. Uh, he's starting more games nowadays, but wow. <laughs> I don't think TBD's allowed to run. No. No, he's not. No. In how many starts? Like hundreds. Might be the greatest of all time. I think he is. <laughs> Forget Shohei. Forget any of these guys. TBD's the GOAT. Yeah. So. All right. In all seriousness, though, let's talk about the Phillies. Sure. Sweep the Mets in a four-game set. Yes, they did. It's about time. So, I mean, it's okay. You guys did struggle a little bit. Couple of one run wins. Overtime. No. Overtime. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Extra I keep innings. throwing football references in here. Extra innings win. Alec Bohm, RBI game winning single. But. You had to sweat out the first two of the series. Yes, we did. So yeah. It's not like you won comfortably. Was the largest margin of victory Sunday's game with three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was a tight series all the way. But the Phillies learned how to beat the Mets. Albeit with the Mets looking like a shell of their former self after trading pieces away. Yeah, albeit with the Mets fielding uh, a lot of our young prospect yeah. guys and uh, some other veteran guys. However, the Phillies did bring up during this series Orion Kirkring. Is that how you say it? Orion uh, Keckering. Keckering? Yeah. Okay. It's K-E-K. I thought it was Kirkering too, but it's K-E-K-E-R-I-N-G, I believe. So it's Ryan so, K- uh, Ryan Keckering. Ryan Keckering, and he looked good in his uh, in his first appearance. Some nasty stuff there. Did pumping up uh, near a hundred with the fastball. That slider looked deceptive. Is he a righty or lefty? Uh, I believe he's a righty. Okay, but could slot in nicely uh, alongside Jose Alvarado, who's a lefty. Uh, I'm not going to overreact like ahead some of Craig people Kimbrell. in the Phillies in the Philly market. I just we and need say, someone. This guy better. is going to come up huge in a postseason spot. He could. He could be that he could. guy. I'm not going to say he would, though. I'm not saying like, he there's will. Some, there's some people saying he will. But I'm saying it's 
it's valuable to have another option because Craig Kimbrell is not good right now. He and, something is wrong with him. Yeah, well, I mean, with all due respect, great moment for the kid getting his first big league outing. I'm not going to fly off the handle after one inning. Okay. It is the Mets after all. True so, story. That's a very true story. Like, like, you, like you're pitching against the Mets. I know. Who who's the three batters he faced in that inning? I'm going to go look at that because that's also crucial. I thought it was at. Alonzo that he struck out. Um, I could be dead wrong on that. That's why I didn't actually say it. But yeah, uh, let's go to, he pitched the eighth inning, correct? Oh yeah, and Alonzo ended the game. I think. Yeah, so he got Narvaez, Brett Beatty, and Rafael Ortega. Mm. Yeah, not guys I'm overly impressed with. Yeah, but it's okay. It's good to see uh, a, a young kid called up and everything. I don't know why he got called up ahead of uh, who am I, I thinking of? Who's the arm the Phillies have bullpen guy? Oh, you know the guy. Um, <laughs> I don't really know actually. Why am I? He's like a starter that we're talking about converting into a bullpen guy. I don't know. I'll think of it later. Uh, one of the three big ones. It's oh McGarry. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Any, I don't know I why. Kegering's an of actual that. reliever. He is. You don't want to call up a guy who's a project, like. But like, there's been talk of calling McGarry up for a year and a half now. Damn, he's 24 already. Yeah, he's getting up there. Like, when is this going to happen? So, anyways, the Phillies. Uh, one notable thing I want to talk about: couple hitters hot at the right time for the Phils. JT Real Muto, who's been slumping at home all season long. He had a few big hits this weekend, and Nick Castellanos is approaching 30 home runs. He's got 29 right now. Uh, just a huge bounce back, bounce back, uh, bounce back season for him. Uh, one more homer in these last six would give him 30 after a measly 13 last year, uh, and he looked dreadful for the first half of the month, and he has come back alive. Great to see. Hopefully, uh, Schwarber, Harper, Turner. Hopefully, they can join them. Uh, with the young guys, Stott, Bohm, Marsh, filling in the bottom and mid of the order. And hopefully this Phillies lineup can just come alive in October. So exciting to be heading back to Red October. I'm we'll very, see. I'm giddy. I'm we'll giddy, Jack. That. I mean, you're going to Red, Red October. We'll see how excited you are. You know? Yeah. Every year's different. So that's that's an interesting thing. It's like I'm trying not to be like, oh, it's going to be like last year. Like, I keep thinking about last year and how fun it was. Reasonably though, I know how hard that was, and I know there's a very and I know there's a very real chance that what happened to Jack last year happens to me, and we get knocked out in the first round at home. It's yeah. possible. It was, I don't think it, it will crushing. happen. But it was crushing. It yeah, it looked very disappointing. So, but try not to let those intrusive thoughts get to me. That's our MLB talk. I think. All right. Well, with that being said, we are going to step aside. Final break of our number one. When we come back, we will start to recap week. Four of college football. A lot of great games to talk about. Um, can't wait, man. What a weekend of we college football. Penn State rolled to a win. We'll talk about all that and more when we come back here on Heavy Hitters on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters here on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley, hour number one. So glad to be with you here on this Monday evening. Man, when I hear that music, I just think of like... I feel like I'm on a game show. Yeah, I think of like a game show, like like fast money, like your back's against the wall. You got to get like an answer out. Or you know what game show I think of Jack. Or I think of like on like a cooking show, like you're like you're <laughs> about to get like like on Chopped. I think I think Gordon Ramsay's about to like punch me in the face. Yeah, that's what exactly. I think. You know what game show I think of Jack? What? Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> funny clip. That was awesome. Yeah. 
So, anyways, for those Jersey folks out there, <laughs> ugh. Oh, okay. Let's talk about college football here. We're gonna start at the high noon slate, man. Florida State, <laughs> the Seminoles. Get on your soapbox, buddy. <sighs> They're four zero, man. I was sweating this one out. Yes, you were watching it, man. <sighs> Had to go right to work after this game. Didn't even give me time like to debrief, you know, like to, like, <laughs> to just soak in the win. But it happened 31-24. It required overtime uh, in the faux Death Valley, uh, as Clemson calls it. It's not the real Death Valley. The real Death Valley resides in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, with the LSU Tigers. Give my props to LSU. Actually, the real Death Valley resides in the desert. Okay, you know what? You know what? Fine. That's that's a fact. That's factual information. But in the college football realm, it resides in... In Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Operator, won't you not, put me not, on not Clemson, South Carolina. Baton Rouge. Yeah, not, not in Clemson, South Carolina. Clemson, yeah. South Carolina. It's your own brand. Yeah. Call your stadium something else. Be original, would you? Anyway. Wow. Um, wow. Laying into Clemson. They deserve it. Two and two. Yeah, they're not good. They they're, are not a good football team with a really bad quarterback. They're not going to the ACC championship game this year, more than likely. Already two conference losses now. What a game. Jordan Travis had pushing through some injuries, dealing with a shoulder injury. Luckily, he might have hurt his right hand at some point on that game, but still continue to throw the ball well. 21-37, 289, and two touchdowns, no interceptions. Great job by Florida State. No turnovers this week. Uh, they had a problem putting the ball on the ground last week against Boston College. Really sharpened it up in the turnover aspect this week. But it was really it was choppy. It was choppy play from Florida State. A lot of ups and downs, ebbs and flows, if you will. But, man, the biggest play of the game what what really changed it was that Kalen Deloach strip sack on Cade Klubnick, scooped it up, ran it 56 yards to the house. That tied the game at 24 in the third quarter, very late in the third quarter. Clemson was on Florida State's side of the field at that moment in time. They were looking to, you know, have a controlling double-digit lead, 14-point lead going into the fourth quarter. That changed everything. That kind of sucked the wind out of Clemson's sails, if you will. What a moment that was. That was huge. Fourth quarter was scoreless. Defenses really locked things down there. And then a 24-yard touchdown and an incredible catch from Keon Coleman in overtime. Just a little, you know, one-on-one ball to the end zone. Just float it up and let your man go up and get it. Keon Coleman did. His sixth receiving touchdown of the year leads the ACC. He had seven receiving touchdowns all of last year at Michigan State. Already one away from tying that through four games at Florida State. Seems like it was a great move for his career oh, yeah. to come on down to Tallahassee, boost his NFL draft stock. Man, he looks like the real deal. Man, I said that like after week one. Those one-on-one situations, man, where he just has to go up and get it, he is tough to guard there. Yes, he is. Because he can jump with any DB in the country, and the ability to just grab that ball of the air, bring it in you know, more often than not come down with it, man, just incredible ability uh, from, from Keon Coleman. Couple of touchdowns in the game, had one in the second quarter too, the first FSU touchdown of the game. Incredible showdown between two ACC rivals, really the top two powers, I would say, in the ACC. I mean, look, Clemson, Miami, I mean, excuse me, Duke and Miami are there. They're certainly looking strong to start the year, both undefeated at 4 0. But you can't never discount Clemson, despite what the offense might look like. The defense is still strong. We saw it on Saturday. Uh, Dabo's team probably going to end up, I would say, around nine wins. I could venture to see that. Maybe one more loss mixed in there. Could be two, actually. I don't know. It depends on what the rest of their schedule looks like. I haven't looked at that. It's too far from them. But not not a prototypical Clemson team under Dabo. No. Uh, and, again, 
it's really, do they adapt and they use the portal, or does Dabo, you know, say, look, the direction of college football, I don't like the way it's going, and does he does he decide to, you know, say I'm done? I I would be hard-pressed to believe that. Guys won two national championships. He just got to do some things I don't think he's in favor of doing. But again, that's every job in America. Got to adapt. Either Yeah, you have to adapt, and sometimes doing things you don't want to do or don't like to do. It's just the way it works. Yeah. It's the way a job it's works. Working. Yeah. Now, not everything's going to be something you love to do. I didn't want to get out of bed and walk into class 30 minutes late today, <laughs> but I did it. Other circumstances made that happen. That, so but. I was actually going to be remarkably close to on time today. I'd say like three or four minutes late, which is remarkably close, I guess. Well, so when did I text? I was going to be about seven minutes late. I was going to be about seven. Wouldn't I wouldn't say that's remarkably close to on time. I had texted... When you look at it from the standpoint of my alarm went off at 9.55 for a 10 a.m. class. Yeah, that's kind of your own fault. I don't know how that happened. I said it for 8.55, I swear. But <laughs> I swear. Uh, maybe. Maybe I was off by an hour. You woke up and said, 9.55. <laughs> it's 9.55. Uh, that's a great song. But anyways, I would have been there 12 minutes after waking up. Come on. That give would, me that. Yeah, that's pretty good. That would have been insane if I walked in there. But... But at like 10.02 or whenever, uh, just after I texted Jack, tragedy ensued. Tragedy ensued. So it's okay. It's okay. We made it through. Yeah. All right. Anyway, back to Florida State Clemson. My final thoughts. Look, everyone, the question about Florida State going into the season was could they handle that tough first month? LSU and Clemson, those two games. They won both of them. They're 4-0. Womp womp. They have a pretty favorable schedule, I'd say, the rest of the way. Toughest games would be Duke at home, home to Miami, and at Florida. I mean, because it's, you know, home to bye week next week, home to Virginia Tech, home to Cuse, Syracuse. I know what Cuse means. Just big it. But everybody might not know what Cuse okay. is. So you got you to clarify. Home to Syracuse, home to Duke. Game day could be in town that weekend, depending on what Duke's record is. I expect Florida State to be 6-0 and going into that game. If everything breaks right and everything goes according to plan, this is college football, though, um, so you got to be aware. At Wake Forest, should be a win, although FSU's had troubles with the with the Demon Deacons over the past couple years. They don't have Sam Hartman anymore, though, so I think a less capable Wake Forest squad. Home to Miami, could be a huge rivalry in there, depending on how Miami continues to play. Uh, and then they get a cupcake in North Alabama and Florida to round things out. So a real chance Florida State could undefeated. go undefeated, maybe 11-1. They get you know caught in either a trap game or uh, just you know don't decide not to fully bring it, and they get you know just just a little lackadaisical. A loss could be sprinkled. That's in there. a great word, but yeah, thank you. But yeah, Florida State wins thirty-one twenty-four. Great game. This is a statement game for them to be the the top dog in this in this conference once again. Really, for the first time since two thousand thirteen or fourteen, really, where you could say FSU was definitively better than Clemson. It, it's huge. It's a huge, huge benchmark and a huge point for Florida State. A team, you know, two short years ago that was five and seven under Mike Norvell. They go from five and seven to ten and three, and now we're four and zero oh with two of their main tests off the board and wins against both of those teams. It's incredible, incredible what he's been able to do with this program. Uh, Florida State getting back to past heights. And, you know, back is one of the top brands and teams in all of college football. It's, it's incredible, not only for me, because I'm a huge Knowles fan, but I feel like it's just better when the top teams in some of the biggest states are good. Like Florida State being good, Texas being back to good is really, really good for college football. A lot of those big-time recruits in Texas now have a program they can look at and say, hey, this program's elite. 
We can stay home. We can stay there. USC being good again. Just a lot of those top powers who kind of fell off in recent years are back on top. Really good for the sport. Um, you know, especially you can look at it with the conference realignment with USC going to the Big Ten. You got Texas going to the SEC. That's all happening next year. I think it's really good timing for those programs uh, to, you know, to reemerge as some of the top powers in the sport. For sure. Totally agree with that. Big markets always sell. All right. Uh, let's keep moving on here. Oklahoma, not not warranting of a huge breakdown, but 20-6. to six, That defense looks legit. Yeah. Brett Venables, former Clemson, D.C., by the way, now the Sooners head coach in his second year there, uh, Norman. Man, I think he's calling place that defense now, but they look legit, man. They – something about them. You just never think of Oklahoma playing good defense, do you? No, I don't. Just think of a high-powered offense, but man, this, I think this, it's like soon as defense can come to play. Us. That's exactly. what I think of. You think of like a sixty-three forty-nine, Exa- like that's Big exactly Twelve game, what like a sixty-three forty-nine Big Twelve game where where Oklahoma is putting up like seven hundred yards, having like I think of the Miami Dolphins twenty-seven this first downs. Yeah, exactly, week. exactly. But man, Oklahoma's defense legit. Um, let's keep rolling on here. Not a lot of other impressive games in the uh, in the noon slate. Let's move on to three here. We, we're going to have time to break down a couple before the top of the hour. We'll do a couple Pac-12 showdowns. Oregon, Colorado, not a whole lot to talk about. I mean, I mean, Colorado got whooped. I mean, that game was brutal. From start to finish, Oregon imposed their will, as I expected, as a lot of people did. And you're going to see a lot of people, don't fall into this trap. Don't be one of these people. Don't say, well, Dion's a fraud. This is all for nothing. No. Don't be that foolish. Don't be that... Don't be deceived by this game. What he's doing at Colorado is still exceptional. People people just like to forget that this team was 1-11 last year just because they started 3-0. I mean, look, they're not going to beat the top powers in the Pac-12. They, they just don't line up, especially in the line of scrimmage. Uh, if you watched any of Saturday's game, that was quite evident uh, because Shudder Sanders is getting hit a lot. Uh, and, you know, Colorado could never get to the passer. 240 rushing yards to 40. I think that's a telltale sign of things. You know, who you had at, 40, Jack? <laughs> wonder who. Wonder who to gauge. 159 total passing yards and 199 total yards for Colorado. It was, uh, yeah, it was bad. It was, it was bad. It was a grade A, never seen before beatdown. Oh, I mean, we've seen this before. No, but like this controlled. This was, this was really bad. This was really bad. <laughs> What was the spread on this game? Minus 21. Yeah, double. Yeah, covered by double. More than double, right? Uh, Is my math correct? No, because it was 42 to 6. Oh, just barely less. Okay. I thought it was like 52. Maybe I'm just stupid. Could also be the problem. It is late on a Monday, so my brain ain't functioning yet. Yeah, the Ducks sacked Sanders seven times. So, a lot of sacks. That is. That is a lot of sacks. You can't have your quarterback taking those hits. No, you can't. You cannot. So, we'll, we'll finish breaking down that game and then some more going into the top of the hours. We are about, uh, about five seconds away from having to step on air. So don't go anywhere. Hour number two. Coming right next here on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University. K-U-R Kutztown. And welcome into the second hour of Heavy Hitters on this Monday, September 25th. Mitchell Smetley here. Jack Kime over there. It's all there, Jack. <laughs> Everything is there. And this, you know what I didn't do this week, Mitch? What? Rev the music back up. I know. I noticed. I, it was very calm. And so. I felt good. But oh, we are so in the midst. You didn't feel good when I did do No, it? it makes me quite uncomfortable. Okay. 
We're in the midst of talking college football. We'll get to NFL probably right after our first break this hour, I would assume. 40-40 and 40. I like that split. So let's get to it. We were talking about Oregon and Colorado. Sky Woo! high Colorado. Lips pressed against the bottle. Anyways, Dan and Shay lyrics. Um, Yeah, I really wanted to Colorado. I really wanted to Colorado. I really wanted Colorado to win this game, and uh, then this happened. So, I'm in a I'm in the mourning process. But hey, Colorado's still a good team. I'm not overreacting to a loss to a really good team in Oregon. They're top ten for a reason. What are they eight now? Uh, they were nine. They were ten. Now they're nine. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll never mind. So. Look, I'm not overreacting. Colorado's still a good team. They still got good playmakers. And it's going to take a little while for this team to potentially be a top 10 team, top 5 team, what have you. But, I mean, the, the playoffs are going to be expanding, and this team, I think, will be fighting uh, in that playoff mix next year, if I had to guess. Whoa! The way that uh, Coach Prime's got this program turning around right quick. So, That's bonkers. I know. I, I thought I'd hit you with a big take. That's bonkers. thought I'd hit you with a big take. That's crazy! Any uh, any other thoughts on this game, or do you want to move on, Jack? Oregon whooped them. Dan Landing's a really good coach. Uh, this team very capable of winning the Pac-12, I think, and going to the college playoff. We'll see. Yep. All right. Moving on. Utah. The two Utes. And UCLA. How about Utah? They don't have their starting quarterback in Cam Rising. They're 4-0. and And they've been a top 25 team in UCLA who's pretty good, um, you know, all things considered. Incredible game from the Utes. Very complete team. Defensively, they're they're great. I think they're, I mean they're top thirty in the country defensively. When they get Cam Rising back at whatever stage, this team's going to be dangerous, man. I mean they they get Oregon State on a Friday on the road. That's going to be tough. But if Rising's not available for that one and they win it, let's say they go on the road, they go to five and zero without Cam Rising. That is really really good. That is really, really good for Utah. We were unsure if they'd be 1-0 with this backup quarterback here without Cam Rising. And, I mean, we've been proven wrong at every turn. So, credit to Utah. Yeah, you, the Utes don't lose at home. They they do not lose at Rice-Eccles Stadium. It is tough to go in there and beat them. What a group. <laughs> yes. What a group, man. Yes. Good I mean, it's 14-7. to There's not a whole lot of stats to break down for this game. They threw for 117 yards and ran for 102. Average 2.1 yards a carry. So, Ooh. like, they only threw for 6.9 yards per pass on 17 pass attempts. So, like, Low offensively, offense. you know, they put up uh, 219 total yards. Won the game. It's not a lot of yards. It was a defensive game, and they it won was. it. It was. This they is out in Utah, so it wasn't even it. impacted by the tropical storm. Yeah, no, they, yeah, they got a pick six and uh, and a seven yard passing touchdown to the tight end. Wow, as their own touchdowns. That kind of day, buddy. That kind of it day. is. It was just that kind of game. It was a defensive slugfest between two physical, you know, hard hitting teams. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was just that kind of game, and it was it was just a slugfest. Two teams who you know. And the trenches grinded it out. Every yard was hard fought. Had to had to earn everything you got in this game. And Utah did just enough to get out of there with a win. So good for them. They, they uh, doesn't get any easier though. They get a very solid Oregon State team next week. Very capable of winning that game. All right, let's go down to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. The Tide. Like I said, I predicted it. They would rebound. Yes. People were saying Alabama lost it. Alabama's done. Nick Saban's washed, as Mitchell Smedley himself said. I did say that. 
still believe which it. Which was blasphemous. It wasn't a convincing win. So, yeah, that's the problem with people, man. It's got to be a convincing win. Everything, everything's got to be flashy. Dude, I'm feeling that with the Eagles right now. It's like, we're 2 up. Let us be 2 and up. Let me be happy. Be flashy. Well, the problem is, like, I get, I get it, though. Expectations are, like, when expectations are high, people expect you to be, like, elite every, every game. Like, you can't have a letdown at all. Otherwise, you're going to get cooked for it. You're going to get grilled. Well, that's why I don't like college football's uh, playoff system because it's based on rankings. Who looks the best? Who puts up the most points? I don't care. If you win games, you win games. Well, I mean, they have a fair argument. You know, look at Minnesota last year in the NFL. What about one, them? 11-0 and in one-score games. Okay. Until the playoffs came around, they got, they got cooked. I By get who? that. By who? By the New York Football Giants, exactly. who proceeded Thank to you. lose thirty-eight to seven to Thank the Philadelphia you. Eagles. Okay, that New York Football. Those two Giants. teams were very far apart. You think the Giants and Vikings were far apart? No, Giants and Eagles. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Clear talent difference. Same, of course. Anyone with a, I can't say that with a working set of eyes. That's no. That's not where I was going to go. Where were you going to go? Um, a brain. Yeah. Why couldn't you say that? Because that's not where I was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. Blind so. people matter, Jack. Blind people are here to That's a stay. really bad phrase. What? They do. Anyone with a working set of eyeballs. <laughs> like. <laughs> he has blind listeners, too. So. Who led me into a bad pick. We'll get to it. But. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. That That's not good. That was a bad it's a bad uh I have an argument. Slip I have an name. argument for that. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we will. All right, Alabama Ole Miss, 24 to 10, the tide win. Jalen Milrow, pretty efficient in this game. Again, this is the way Alabama's offense has got to run. I mean, wasn't efficient at all, but it's got to be through the ground game first. 45 rushes to 21 passes. That's the way this offense is going to win games this year. This is not the Alabama teams with Bryce Young and Tua and Mac Jones. Uh these just you know, it's just not these kind of Alabama teams where they're going to be Heavy pass. I mean, that that Mac Jones team is more well balanced. That was really it was a really solid Alabama team that year, man. Twenty twenty Alabama was incredible. So was twenty nineteen Bama, but I digress on that talk. Jalen Miller, though, seventeen of twenty one. Like that's an efficient quarterback. Two twenty five, one touchdown, one interception. Was good enough to get Alabama the win. That that's all it was. And the defense finally played the way the defense should be playing for Alabama, which is elite level, holding Ole Miss to just ten points. Any anything else you got out in this game? Jackson Dart didn't no, play it was great. No, it was a fine win. Two forty four, one interception good. for him. Couldn't get the ground game going. I mean, twenty nine rushes for fifty six yards for Ole Miss. Circle that telltale sign. They could not run the ball for the life of them, which is why they lost. It gets them back on track. That's really all I got to say. Exactly. All right, let's keep moving through these. Uh, Kansas, a nice win over BYU, 38-27. to Kansas 4-0. Again, this is a team who was really good last year. Lost Jalen Daniels, uh, and then it was done. They just fell off. But, man, they go to Texas next week. Good for them. Can Kansas shock the world? No. And beat Texas? Nope. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Can Not Lance Leopold get a huge win as coach? The, the Longhorns are going to win. All right. Before we get back to it, though, we do have a message from the KUR Notebook. Join KUAB and OSI for a night full of hilarious comedy on Wednesday, October 4th Hilarious at 7 comedy. Comedian Sorry. Kelly Kells will be sure to have you laughing. Kelly is a teacher turned comedian who provides comedic relief from the realities of the lives of black women and families. One of the country's most dynamic comedians, Kelly Kells, has performed on HBO's all-deaf digital comedy. This message of comedian interest brought to you by KUR. 
All right. It's not just any comedy, Jack. It's hilarious comedy. Yeah. Verifiably so. Good luck to Kelly Kells. Good luck to Kelly Kells? Yeah. When's that? Uh, Wednesday, October 4th, 7 p.m. Oh! <laughs> I might not be there. I might be going to the Phillies game that day. In the playoffs. Interesting. Playoffs? You got a ticket? Uh, so we do have tickets, yeah. We're just trying to figure out who's going what day. Do you have an extra? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're not a Phillies fan. I already offered. I've never you been. A, I already offered game. you a different ticket. I've never. So. I've never been to a playoff game of any variety. Me of baseball. Ne- yeah, me neither. Not in baseball. I've only been to one playoff. No, two playoff sporting events. Actually, I've never been to any playoff sporting event. Now that really? I it. Yeah, no. So I've been to football and hockey. Yeah, no. Never been to any of them. By the way, I love going to hockey games. Me Just too. saying it. Just me object- too. Object- objectively fun. Very fun. So went to an Islanders Flyers game in late in the season last year. Nice. In April, we beat them for nothing. I I remember that. So yeah, I, that was fun. That I was, was fun watching day. that game. A lot of stories from that day. What do you mean by that? So, Moving on. <laughs> I mean it was. I mean it was a fun day, but like, you know, some fun stuff happened. We got to get through the rest of these college. We do games. Uh, we do. Duke whooped up UConn 41-7. Not much to talk about Good. there. Just some other top twenty-five teams. West Virginia. How about Neil Brown? This guy was on the hot seat. Uh, at the start of the year, gets a nice win at home over Texas Tech. Man, that prediction's aging poorly for me. But the Mountaineers, 3-1. and one. Couple nice wins over Pitt and Texas Tech. West Virginia all of a sudden has a shot to make a bowl game, something I did not think would be possible come the start of the season. Good job. They go at TCU, at Houston, home to Oklahoma State, and then at UCF. Couple winnable games, I think, sandwiched in there, uh, possibly for, for West Virginia. All right. Um, Tennessee bounced back over UTSA at home, 45-14 after losing at the Swamp. Uh, LSU, a nice win at home over Arkansas, although they were 17-point favorites. One really call it a nice win. They only won by a field goal, uh, 34-31. Good for KJ Jefferson and the Hogs, giving uh, LSU everything they could handle. And then some. LSU is going to go to Ole Miss next week for a little fun showdown. Top 20 matchup in the SEC West. Um, two more to break down here in depth, I should say, more than just glancing over the score. Oregon State, Washington State, another Pac-12 game. A lot of good Pac-12 teams this year. And Cam Ward, how about this? Bring up Washington State to New Heights. They win that game in Pullman, 38-35 over a tough Oregon State Beaver squad. Cam Ward goes 404 yards, four touchdowns, 28 of 34 passing. What an efficient day for him. The Cougars team, who was an afterthought in the Pac-12 at the start of the season. Again, this is why preview magazines get thrown by the wayside and standing predictions when the season starts. This is college football, the you know the sport where the most chaos ensues, where the you know things that you would expect to be predictable become unpredictable. College football is that chaos breeding ground, I would say. You think college football is the most unpredictable sport? Oh yes, that's hundred percent. Worms, we should not open up. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think's tougher? Uh, many pro sports. I I just think the talent level in pro like there's not as much of a talent gap between the best and worst teams. College, it's like oh my goodness. You could argue in the NFL that that's not true. I don't think so. I don't think you could argue that they're all pros. Anyways, in some capacity, Moving just because you have a jersey on. Moving Technically on. qualifies you as a pro. Anyway, uh, let's keep breaking down this game. Kyle Williams, the top receiver for uh, for Washington State this game, 174 yards and a touchdown. And then Josh Kelly, who had an incredible, incredible one-handed catch, goes for 159, three touchdowns. 
What a game for those two receivers. Ground game, not really a huge factor for Washington State. If I had to give you a, you know, a stat line where I say, boom, circle it, that's the difference right there. I would say the passing game, yeah. 422 yards through the air for Washington State, 198 for the Beavers of Oregon State. That's huge, although they ran it for 242 yards on the ground at Oregon State. So I guess in this game, multiple ways to skin a cat uh, to keep them in it, but not enough to win for Oregon State. Nothing? Oh, yeah, no, nothing? I, just nothing? <laughs> I didn't know you were going to me. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think the passing game was electric for Washington State. I think that's what got the job done. Just like you said, Jack, there's that ego boost for you. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, this game, you know, you look at, you look at, I think it's an you impressive could circle. win. I think the passing is the only thing you could circle, really. Yeah. It was a field goal win for the, for the Cougars. What Everything was it, 159 was for Williams? Uh, for what? For what? For, uh, oh, 174 and 159 for, for Williams and Kelly, respectively. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those, those are big days. I mean, turnovers, Washington State was minus one. Time of possession was within three minutes. Penalties were pretty much even. And the score, I mean, it shows. It was a it field shows. goal game. Very even game between two top 25 teams. It's exactly what you would expect. Two Looks top like a great game. Showdown between two evenly talented squads on the same field. For sure. All right. Final game that's going to get an in-depth breakdown. Ohio State-Notre Dame. South Bend, man. I'm going to apologize to my dad for this one. <laughs> Huge Irish fan. So sorry. Is he? He likes Notre Dame? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Good, Huge. Good take, Mr. Heim. Huge Irish fan. I like that. Oh, man. This one's rough. I would be ripping my hair out if I was an Irish fan. This was this was upsetting. It's gut-wrenching, man. Yeah. You, I mean, you had the win. Run. Third and... Okay. Let, let's break down the last drive of this game first before we do anything else. Third and 19. They rush three, drop eight. Amika Ibuka wide open at the one. Wide open. I mean, he gets hit. It's a blown cover In the back, but wide open enough to catch it comfortably and then get hit. Terrible coverage. Then, on the final two defensive plays of the game, they run out 10 people. Yeah. How do you not have 11 how, guys for one play, let alone two? How does your coaching staff not notice that? It's unbelievable. It's buffoonery. It's baffling. It's buffoonery. It is in, uh, unconscionable. It, it's it is beyond comprehension in a in a big stakes moment like that. I mean, it's a statement win. That that would be incredible. And you throw it away. Ohio State's number, they were number six in the country coming in, right? Yeah. yeah. If, if Notre Dame was to 5-0, and o, they probably are top five borderline. Yeah. And they'd probably be six. They probably would have swapped. A chance to take down the number six team in the country. And you have them in third and 19. You let up the, the first down. Drive. You let up the first down, and then you trot out one less defensive player for the final two plays. Like, what are we final doing? Final two plays. How does that happen? I don't know how that happens. It's It's unbelievable. It's terrible coaching. It is complete and utter incompetence. And, you know, you start to feel a little bit less bad for a team when they continue to just, you know, shoot themselves in the foot, really. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I hate seeing Ohio State win. So gross. Yeah, seeing Kyle McCord chirp the fans is a little annoying. Yeah. It's a little annoying. But... I get it. I get. I guess that's kind of their mantra, man. Ryan Day said in the post game, "Ohio against the world," and that's yeah. what that's what they're telling themselves in that locker room. And hey, you know what? <sighs> you got to you got to tell you got to tell your guys something different in that locker room, the public perception, because a lot of people were saying that this Ohio State team's a little weak as a result of uh, past games against Michigan in past years, and when they play a big time team, they're gonna get bullied up front. 
but uh, they 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 kind of answered the bell in this game a little bit. I mean, they they show their toughness with this win. I mean, it was a hard fought game. It was a hard fought game. It was a field goal game. Exactly what you would expect between two top ten teams on the same field. Again, we said it would be very very different than last year's Notre Dame Ohio State game. Yes, very true. And it was absolutely much more even game between. Two teams who looked like they belonged on the same field as each other. Didn't I say Ohio State by three? No, by four. Oh! Yeah, you, we both said they cover. Bummer. But they just missed out on it. Bummer. Betting folks are not happy. I'm really impressed with Ohio State's defense, though. Yeah, that looked good. Looked good. Second year under Jim Knowles uh, as their DC, man. Yep. Looked good. Impressive. It was a tight game all the way. It was. I mean, the Ohio's, this is weird, you know, for Ohio State. It's kind of an identity switch. It's almost like Oklahoma in a way. Like, for you sure. know, last Going couple of years. defense after being a high-flying yeah, offense. Yeah, in the Ryan Day era, you never really looked at, I mean, despite it being short-lived, you never really looked at Ohio State as a team that's defense could, uh, you know, could win them games. Now that's the case this year. You know, if the offense isn't operating efficiently, the defense can get the job done. Yeah. It's huge. It's a huge added boost for Ohio State. By the way, one guy I got to credit, Benjamin Morrison for, uh, for for Notre Dame, number 20 as a defensive back. Man, tip the cap to him. He had a heck of a game. Marvin Harrison Jr. was clamped up. Yep. I mean, he did nothing predominantly all night. I mean, he was a non-factor. Three catches, 32 yards total in this game. For, for, for the best receiver in the country. Yep. Outright. I mean, there's there's no debate that this guy's the top receiver in in, the, in all of college. He'll be the number one wide receiver off the board come the NFL draft. Just a fact. And Notre Dame clamped him up. I mean, credit to him. I believe that kid's only a sophomore, too, uh, is, is Morrison. Well, then he won't be in the NFL draft. Heck of a game for him. He'll have one more year in college, but he'll be on NFL draft boards. Yep. At some capacity. Because if you're, if you're locking up... Marvin Harrison Jr., when you're pretty much on an island, that is a one... Oh, I thought you were still talking about... Never mind. One masterpiece I'm for, for, for Benjamin Morrison yep. to, to lock down Marvin Harrison Jr. For sure. But Notre Dame's got to look forward. They, they they can't can't let this one simmer. they got to go to Duke next week. College game is going to be there. 7.30 kick. That's on ABC. I'm assuming Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbst will be on the call for that one. Duke and Notre Dame in a top 25 show. Now, how about that? Yeah, that'll be exciting. How about it? That'll be very exciting. Duke getting a game day game. Welcome to college football. That's fun. Welcome to college football. All right. Real quick before we go to break, Penn State, Iowa. That game wasn't close. Got him. 31-0. We are undefeated still. Iowa's offense is still horrific. Shut out. They're terrible. Oh, yeah. They are so bad. Oh, yeah. We're so bad. Nine... There's so many telltale signs, but uh, we're so back. Look no further than total plays. Total plays. <laughs> Dude, this was awful. This was so bad. 97 total plays for Penn State. 97. Yeah. They almost ran 100 snaps. Yeah, we did that. How is it even possible? We did that. Time possession, 14 minutes for Iowa. One of nine on third down. I mean, whoa. Yeah. Wow. We got to hit the break, though. We do. Penn State dominates Iowa. They're going to go to Northwestern next week. Got to get a thrilling win in overtime over Minnesota. Minnesota. Big Ten West is so bad, man. Oh, my God. Watching Big Ten West football is horrific. 
I, wa- I watched the end of that Minnesota Northwestern game. My goodness. I watched Indiana squeak out a four-overtime win at home against Akron. Yes. State of the Big Ten West. All right. Actually, is Indiana in the West or the East? I don't know, but we got to hit a break. We do. I think they're in the West. I don't know. Figure it out. No matter what division they're in, it's pitiful. All right, first break of hour number two. When we come back, we'll move on to NFL. Uh, We briefly recapped a huge week in college football. We're going to recap week three of the NFL and then end the show by previewing the two Monday Night Games, Eagles, Bucks, and Rams and Bengals. So much more to talk about in heavy hitters. Don't go anywhere here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters here on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Jack, I'm Mitchell Smedley, rolling with you in hour number two. Whew, man, unbelievable. Unbelievable. So glad that we get to do this show, man. Me it's, too. It's just like, I don't know why, I just had like a wave of like gratefulness hit me, man. It's just such, too, an, man. such an honor to be able to do this. Just I'm come just on. trying to soak it all up, you know, while you're still here. Come on the radio, talk about sports for two hours, man. Really, it's, it's, a, it's a gift. It's a great life. Thank you, KUR. Thank you, Regs. Absolutely, Making man. it happen. Thank you, Kutztown, yeah. for allowing us to do this and all those involved. It's an honor. Yes. It truly is. All right. All right, goodbye. I'm done with this. Enough of the sappy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. NFL. We're not at the Monday night yet. So, But we got to recap Thursday Night Football. Not much to recap. Um, the Giants got smoked by the, in my opinion, best team in the league, San yep. Francisco 49ers. You it's not the others. Dallas Cowboys. You and me. It's not the Cowboys. The Cowboys. Well, so we actually have to break some. Let's, let's go back to Wednesday. Immediately following, or no, this was, when was this? Thursday, I think. Yeah, this was on Thursday before the game. Uh, Trayvon Diggs uh, tore his, was it his ACL? ACL. And Done he is you. out for the season. Big loss for the Cowboys. They're also dealing with some offensive line injuries. But I figured we'll just go in chronological order. Trayvon Diggs, hope you recover soon, man. No rivalry should over uh, supersede the fact that, you know, you hope everyone is healthy and doing well. So, hearts go out to that guy. Yes, absolutely. But, uh, in other <laughs> NFC East news, the Giants look putrid. After all the offseason hype... They do not look like a good football team. I get it. It Saquon is San was Fran. Out. Yeah. San, and Andrew Thomas. San Fran was good. I get that Saquon was out. Andrew Thomas, too. Yes. But, I mean, just a horrible effort. The only touchdown they scored, right? The only one, right? Yeah. Came from Burita, who I benched. So that was great. In favor of Gus Edwards. <laughs> you said just a little upset about that. I also benched Tank Dell. So I'm oh, not same. having a... I'm not, hey, I'm not having a good week. But anything you want to talk about, or can we just skip right through this one? Um, I mean, total yards, 441 to 150. Not good. Should tell the story. Three times as many. Should tell the story. Uh, Giants lost a turnover battle. I have albeit to finish. Duh. Never mind. Giants only lost a turnover battle by one, but, I mean, it was just dominating. It's total plays, 78 to 46 in favor of San Fran. Yeah. She's not going to win a game like that. Giants get housed. They'll get Seattle on Monday night next week. Chance to bounce oh, back. They're in prime time again? Yeah. So are a lot of teams doing this where they play Thursday night and then Monday night? Um, Eagles doing it. Yeah, now, now I guess. Giants are. Uh, one other thing that really stuck out to me, we were watching this game on FaceTime for a while together. Uh, the tackling was horrendous for the Giants' defense. Oh my God! Couldn't it was bring so down bad. Debo. Couldn't bring down Kittle. I was so Jack wasn't actually like in front of the TV most of the time. He was listening to me 
and then listening to his Joe Pesci sounding brother. <laughs> and I mean, I was like way ahead of them. And I would be like, and he's to the 40. Oh, he broke through that. Oh, he's to the third. Oh, he got another one. <laughs> yeah, I Just would have. I had my I had my pathetic. headphones in listening to Mitch. And then I'd watch the game with my family. Yeah. In my brother's room. Yeah. So, yeah, that'd be kind of funny. Whenever there was, like, a particularly awful, like, the Debo play or the kill oh, play, my you were like, oh, I got to go see them react to the this. Debo, the Debo play. <laughs> it was awful, dude. It was, It man. was bad. That was really, really bad. All right, let's start flying through these games a little bit more quickly here. Yep. Let's move on to the 1 p.m. slate on Sunday, starting with the Browns and the Titans. By the way, I didn't calculate up our, uh, I didn't calculate up our final records this point. Yes, we this did. Point. Uh, we did it last night. Oh yeah, but I don't remember. Off the top so of my you're head. technically ahead of me by one. I will. I will bring up a concern I have. No, no. Yes, you're not getting away with this fraudulent nine and five to ten and four. I said it on air that if both Amon Ross St. Brown and and uh, Josh Reynolds played, that Detroit would win by double digits, you and de- they did. You definitively said the Falcons. No, I said, but it doesn't look like they're going to. So that's why I'm picking the Falcons. You said I'm picking the Falcons. You pick the Falcons. Let's let's ask the viewers. We rolled the tape. We, I heard it. I heard myself say it. You said the you words. Can find it. You can find it but. on hey promo. You can find us on Spotify. Past shows. Just search Good Stand University Radio. Past shows. <laughs> I don't need you. Um, yes, I do. <laughs> but I said if Amon Ra and Josh Reynolds played, the Giants would not the Giants. Giants will never win. The Lions would win. By double digits, which happened. I think it should count. I think we should. Be tied I think at it's 10 a bunch four. of malarkey. Honestly, I don't. I think it's a. I was baited into picking the Falcons. I think it's chicanery. What you're spewing? You think this is bad? This chicanery? Yeah, yeah. This chicanery is bad. Um, you picked the Falcons. No, a you wrote down loss. that I picked the Falcons. You because you said, but I'm picking the Falcons because of injury concerns. Okay, which turned out not to happen. Fine. Just you take never, it off my record as a whole. You never make nope. me nine and four. Nope. Make me That's nine and four. That's never gonna I happen. I think that should happen. All right, let's, let's let's ask the viewers. Let's talk about this game. You know, if you wanna if you wanna chime in on the on this uh This is a big controversy. You wanna you wanna chime in on this topic matter, go to go to Heavy Hitters KUR on Instagram and message us there. Yeah, DM us. Yeah, DM us. Definitely malarkey. 100%. It's not malarkey. It is. Justice right. for Mitch. Justice for Mitch. You'll Justice for Mitch. Stop it. What? Stop it, please. You can't walk it back because you used a hypothetical. You said that was not a hypothetical. That was a conditional. You said, yeah, a a conditional. conditional. A conditional. If you wanted it to be on the record, you should have said that was on the record. No, you said life is more complex than a yes or no, Jack. Mitch, you said if they if they play, they win by double digits. That never that's never there's no correlation to you saying that means I'm picking the Lions. You should have said if they play. I'm picking the Lions. I basically did say that. But you never did say I that. think I did. No, you didn't. Roll the tape. Roll I don't the have tape. It. it would be funny if that's the actual verbiage I used. Verbiage shouldn't matter. You know what I meant. You know what I meant. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. So. Okay. Enough of this. We got yes. to talk <laughs> about these We got to fly through these games. Um, 27-3. Yeah. Browns take down the Titans. The Titans are a laughing stock. They're a joke. They're terrible. The offense the is so bad. The Browns still have a good running game. With the Browns players. running game is still good. The defense is incredible. Top five defense in the league. I mean, they're just that good. By the yeah. way, what do you mean Browns rushing tech's good? They ran for 78 yards and a touchdown. I was taking your word for that on 31 carries. That's two and a half yards a carry. <laughs> I know. That's terrible. No, but they, uh. I also incorporated that, like some of the, the dump offs and all that. They, I don't know. 
It That's looked, not running. It looked fine to me. Big day for Amari Cooper. Seven <laughs> catches, 116 yards. <laughs> that and a was kind of a mental shortcut I took, I guess. I consider those dump offs rush. <laughs> I guess, don't know. Guess a lot of Tom Brady's passing yards count as rushes now. Well, yeah. So <laughs> you know, okay. you know Tom Brady, the best rusher ever. By the way, Mari Cooper had a huge game, and he had a catch taken away from him. Did you see? Did you did you end up uh, catching that play on the sideline? Yeah. Oh, I was outraged at this. I was. How mad. was that called Jack, incomplete? Even I could see the grass between his foot and the sideline. What are we doing? <laughs> that was then there terrible. was just a whistle. That was terrible. Whatever happened to let it play out? Like replay will catch. This is what I don't understand. This is why I wish I was a referee. If I were a referee, I think I could do better than these guys because I wouldn't blow the whistle. I would let the play play out because you know I can't see what's happening. So I just oh, I'm fine. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> and then they would review it and go. Actually, no, he was stopped for a gain of three. You. Dumb blind person. <laughs> oh my God. So I don't I don't understand how that play happened. That was a nice move he put on, and he should have had a touchdown. Yeah. And I, I was upset. I, I don't even any stock in the game. I didn't have Amari Cooper in, in fantasy at all. I was just that was a I like to see big football plays, and that took one away. I was upset. Moving on, next game. All right. Colts Ravens. This is probably gonna get the biggest breakdown of the week. You know, the one PM games. Yeah. 22-19. The Colts are 2-1. They beat the Ravens in overtime. Gardner Minshew, Matt Gay. How about Shane Steichen? Oh, boy. Getting a big road win. Oh Better boy. than Nick Sirianni as a head coach. I no, think I'm he just is. Kidding. I think No, I think he is. I, I don't think Sirianni is a good head coach. I think Gannon's the worst of the three. But, man. I mean, what a crazy game. By the way. These teams were projected to be terrible. By the way. The Play hard-nosed football. The Ravens should have won the game. There was a... Clear holding <laughs> pass interference. That was a bad call. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> that, was, that was a terrible. The guy's call. like laying on him. <laughs> I mean, he completely turns a flowers' body. By... Completely alters the game in overtime. Yeah, it shouldn't have gotten to that point. Ravens should have been able to win the game. Why don't we use this beautiful thing called Mark Andrews more? I'll never get that. But moving on, the Colts. They played hard. They stuck around. Zach Moss is good. Uh, Michael Pittman can go up and get the ball. Did you see that? In, uh, was that overtime he had that yeah. big catch? Yep. Yeah, great receiver there. And Minshew just did enough. I was worried uh, with the loss of Anthony Richardson that they wouldn't be able to move the ball. Well, Gardner Minshew follows his OC. And look what yes, happens. he does. Yes, he does. Just like Carson Wentz. How'd that go? So, impressive win for the uh, Colts. That doesn't feel right. Even though they should have lost. Uh, Matt Justin Gay Tucker should have had a chance for a game-winning field goal. Matt Gay is him. Yeah, Matt Gay is really good. Five of five for field goals. I think four of them from 50-plus. Yeah. What so. a game for him. Colts win. They're 2-1. and one. How about that? Odd. Just weird. Next. How about Indy? All right. Broncos-Dolphins. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Denver. Did you have the over in this game? Anybody out there? Because it hit. Hey, Denver. What happened? Denver. Guys, guys, did you even did you even take the flight down to Miami? Let's flip I don't the, think so. Let's flip the seven over in the ten spot on the scoreboard. Whoa. Seventy points put up by the Miami Dolphins. Four Only the third team ever. Yep. Four touchdowns for how do you say at chain? At Kane? Yeah, a chain. At chain. Devin at chain. Devin at chain had a big game. And uh, Miami did this, by the way, without Jalen Waddle. Tyreek Hill had a big day. At chain had a big day. Why Raheem Raheem Mostert. Ran all over Denver. Why? Why, Raheem? Why? Any other week? <laughs> you single-handedly lost me my fantasy matchup. Jack also traded away Raheem Mostert in the KUR. I was in week one. Yeah. Okay? Important caveat there. Yeah. By the way, my team's still loaded. I'm 3-0. <laughs> He's still going to be the best team in the league. Like, 
I am praying to be three and zero right now. I have Godwin and Higgins. My team is stacked against in that Smith. It's a twelve man league. My team is incredible. Yeah, you have a really good team. You really have a good team. So you should be proud. Honestly, I don't even know how I got the team I have. I don't either. Like it just broke that way for you. I, yeah. I was looking at my. I'm not totally sad about my team. Like if Waddle comes back and is a big, you know, playmaker, but. Moving on. We're not talking about that. All right. 70 points, though. That's impressive. Um, 70 to 20. Denver offense put up 13. They got seven on a kick return. Um, Yeah, nothing really to mention other than 70 points. Good job, Dolphins. They look like the second best team in the league to me. They even gave up the... (laughs) They even gave up points to the back of the 68-yard touchdown from Mike White to Robbie Chosen. Yeah, Mike White. That's Robbie Anderson, by the way. Yeah, I I don't don't get that. Mike White outscored Zach Wilson, though. Mike Wright, I mean, Mike, Mike White, White, yeah. So Mike White outscored Zach Wilson. <laughs> That's funny. It is. That's really funny, actually. Okay, what a win for the Dolphins. They're three and zero. Oh man, they look really good. Denver looks really bad. Next, next. Okay, Bills Commanders. Another terrible game. Thirty-seven thirty. The Bills defense controlled it. Josh Allen looked good. Thirty-seven um, thirty. 37-3. What am I saying? <laughs> um, James Cook, good game on the ground. 98 yards on 15 carries. Yeah. 6.5 yards a carry. Yeah, Quick he did math well. For you. Stephon Diggs, 8 for 111. Always has a good game. I feel like he does. Him and Josh Allen. Bills are 2-1. and one. They looked much better than they did in that week one game against the Jets. Hey, All that right. was a hiccup game, you know? That it was. was. Meadowlands, MetLife Stadium, Patriots, Jets, 15-10. to 10. New England wins. Ugly game. Ugly run No game. offense. Yeah. Um... Jets offense with Zach Wilson at the helm was terrible. New England offense, still trash. But they got the win. Yes, they did. They got the win. They continue to own the Jets. Yes. Jets haven't beat them, I think, since 2015. That's crazy. I think. That's unreal. That's terrible. That's really not good. Next Thought this would be the year. The next time they see them, they're going to go to Foxborough. Yeah. No way they beat them there. Nah, I agree. All right. Let's go to Ford Field. Falcons, Lions, Thanks, 20 Chris. to 6. Nice piece of humble pie served to Chris and the Falcons. Um, Des- I don't think we I don't think we rag on any listener more than Chris. No. We should show him some more love. Chris, we do love your support. <laughs> yes. Just but so you know. When you're, you know, look, the reason Chris- When you hype up the Falcons as much as you yes, did, that's what and I was you score say. six points. Yeah. Desmond Ritter goes 21 of 38 for 200 yards. Chris did text me. I don't know why they went away from what was working when they were running the ball. That's what I tried to tell you. It's not going to work if you're passing with Desmond Ritter because, as I told you about 16 times by now, he's not a good quarterback. I'm sorry. Yeah, and when you run it 20 times for 44 yards total, that's also a recipe for failure. Yeah, so no, I don't know what that was about, but apparently they were running it well, Jack. Yeah, so. In this game. Wait, did he say they were running it well in this yes! game? Yes! What? <laughs> oh, my goodness. 2.2 yards per carry. <laughs> nice. That's terrible. That'll get it done. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, Desmond Ritter's trash. I mean, he got Desmond sacked. Ritter. He got sacked seven times, so that doesn't help. One of the worst quarterbacks I've ever laid eyes on. Yeah, he's really bad. Anyways, he's really bad. Now, nah, we do appreciate one. Chris and all of you listeners out there. If yes. you have any takes, like Chris, even if they may seem outlandish to us, that's your reality, and it deserves airtime. So please send them into that heavy hitters Instagram account or text one of us if you have our numbers. Exactly. Okay. Going to Lambeau Field, the Packers and the Saints, final game before break, then we'll come back and recap all the others. What a comeback. Man, 18-17, the Packers get the win. <sighs> Big news out of this game, Derek Carr falls. Yeah. Shoulder injury. Jameis Winston will be the quarterback going forward. Man, 
Huge blow for New Orleans. They're going to get Alvin Kamara back, though. But what a comeback by Green Bay. Yeah. And they should have lost, but. Should have, yeah. Um, should have, could have, would have, though. I mean, move on from that. Blake Groupie missed the field goal. Yeah, game winning field goal. So, Five seconds left. Nice job there, buddy. Thanks, Blake. Balaki! <laughs> Where's Balaki at? Cut. Yeah. No, I, I'm not. I'm not rooting for that. <laughs> I want to state that right now. Saints come in. I'm not <laughs> 53 man roster. There's there's no Balaki here today. <laughs> I, I'm not rooting for for Blake Groupie to be cut. I think Saints fans are. But yeah, you could because they could be three and zero right now. So, not the way it was. That though. doesn't feel right. Fourth quarter, Packers outscore the Saints. Well, really in the second half, 18 to nothing. Yeah, 18 nothing. So, that's a little underwhelming. Yep. Yep. All right. Jameis well, Winston is not him. My boy Jameis from Florida State. Just not just not it. No. <laughs> Anyways. But all right. Final break. We're gonna step aside. Maybe come back. We will break uh, f- quickly, excuse me, finish nice. recapping the NFL. Uh and then we will preview uh Monday Night Football between the Eagles Bucks and the Rams and the Bengals. That coming right next when we come back here on Heavy Hitters in the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, K U R Kutztown. It's heavy hitters. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Hyman, some brand new music beat drop. Uh, I'm loving this song. That was great. Of course, the one song he doesn't crank back up. It's the one I'm really getting involved with. (laughs) (laughs) It was like on a fade out, so it didn't even really do anything. It was already fading out. Oh, oh man. man! I do. I turn the fader off, and then you're like, the, "Well, of course, the one song it doesn't fade up, fade off, fade up with." So I turn it on, and I just ever so slightly <laughs> turn it up so you can hear the music again. Oh, oh man. man, I need a better host. Kidding! Wow, wow. you can't find better. Okay, you can't find better. Truth be told, but we're making our way through the NFL slate. We're going to preview Monday night football games coming up in just one sec, but we got to make our way through the second half of these games. Okay. Texans-Jags, the surprise game of the week. Yeah. Houston goes down to Jacksonville Woods by 20. What's going on? I don't know. Jacksonville Unbelievable. Looked, Jacksonville looked putrid. This is unbelievable. Yeah. Crazy. C.J. Stroud, by the way, in my mind, running away with the rookie of the year. So Absolutely. We, we agreed on this he so looks 100%. So good. He looks He looks fantastic. like he's been like a 10-year vet. He looks like a future Hall of Fame. I don't know. Okay. okay. Let's, let's pump the brakes. C.J. Stroud will go down as the greatest quarterback ever. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, no, he does look uh, really good though. Obviously, the best out of the the three main uh, rookie quarterbacks, and really the best rookie in the league this year so far through three weeks. Good job, CJ. But for me, it was just inadequacy on the on the part of the Jags. I mean, I thought this would be a high octane offense. It has not been. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Drafted Trevor Lawrence in my fantasy league. So did I. Okay, let's all pump the brakes here. We're all friends. Come on, Jags. What are we doing? Yeah, so hopefully they figure it out. Dougie P, what's going on? What is going on? Uh, I picked him as a Dark Horse Super Bowl candidate. But moving on, next game. Yeah, 37-17. Stroud looked good. Tank Dell, big day. Benched him. Whoops. Jags trying to find their footing. Again, this is a group that came out slow last year. Remember back to last year, absolutely. Then they made the playoffs. In the second half, they really turned it on. Can't afford to do that in my mind this year, but we'll see. Chargers Vikings, man. Oh, oh man, this is a game that who nobody wants wanted to, to lose? Win. Yeah, exactly. Both of us, but both. Uh, Brandon not. Staley might be a, might be an idiot. Might be. 
think that's an understatement. I mean, what is he do? Fourth and one from their own, what, 24? That was pathetic. And they go for it? What are you doing? Pathetic. Just punt it. Yeah. They go for it. They don't get it. Then the Vikings throw an interception. Yeah. An interception in the end zone, man. Two teams who are just... All of that happening inside the two-minute warning, by the way, folks. Yeah. That, that was the last two minutes of the of the idiocy that was this game. Me and two of my friends got absolutely crushed on one play by the Chargers um, where um, my buddy has Justin Herbert, who, you know, lateraled it to Keenan Allen, who my friend was playing against, uh, who then threw it to Mike Williams, who I was playing against for a 70-yard touchdown or whatever it was, 60, 50, I don't know. Long touchdown. So that didn't That didn't help the vibes either. But the Vikings did not look good. The Chargers did not look good for that matter. Herbert looked good. Herbert looked okay. 405 yards, three touchdowns, and 40 of 47 yeah, passing. That was, was pretty good. It's a pretty good day for Justin Herbert. Rushing, they couldn't do anything. 15 carries, 30 yards. Yeah. Yeah. The ground attack without Eckler is non-existent. Yeah. So. At all. Uh, battle of 0-2s, and now the Vikings 0-3, and, and we all know that's almost a death sentence to make the playoffs at 0-3. But it is a little bit of a longer season these days, so you get one more game to try and push back. That's true. So we'll see, Vikings. I don't believe it. Keenan Allen, by the way, 18 catches, 215 yards. My goodness. And a passing touchdown. Yeah. So what big a game fantasy for day for him. Yeah. Moving along. Panthers, Seahawks. 37-27, Seattle wins. Andy yeah. Dalton didn't look terrible. Um, Developing rapport with Adam Thielen. Yeah. Went 361 yards, two touchdowns. How about it? Yeah. Kenneth Walker continues to look like an animal. Yeah. TK Metcalf, him. solid game, over 100 yards. They aren't 2-1. and one. Not much to say. Panthers aren't good. No, the Panthers are not good. It's a game the Seahawks should have won, and they did win. So, so Gave up more points than I would have expected. That's the one thing I would tighten up. Well, Defense. I mentioned the uh, the Cowboys-Cardinals. Uh, not the Cowboys-Cardinals. Texans-Jags surprise of the week. No, it's Cowboys-Cardinals. Yeah, absolutely. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? <laughs> the Cowboys, undefeated no longer. I don't have to hear Josh Toot say that anymore. Uh, as the Cowboys get upset by the Jonathan Gannon-led Arizona Cardinals. He did one more good thing for Philly. First win as a head coach is against yep, Dallas. Against Dallas? Unreal. Oh, man, that's so funny. I think the Giants' comeback against Arizona should not be sold short now. Now that the Cardinals beat the Cowboys. Boo! Stop. I mean, what a big win for the Giants over a top team Boo. in Arizona. Arizona, going to make the playoffs. Oh, my God. No, I'm just kidding. Well, Jack does have his finger on the pulse of Arizona teams. Yeah, but they're it's, not making the playoffs. He hits on them like 100% of the time <laughs> so far. So Arizona will finish as a five-win team. Nice. Okay. But they get 20% of those wins against the Dallas Cowboys. What a win. What a win. Just shut that offense down. Actually, I don't know about that. What? <laughs> Looking at their schedule. <laughs> Five wins? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it might be hard to come by. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe I was right with two. I think you were. I think you were. Well, you know, we're sticking with two. I'm going to go three for Jay Gans. <laughs> I don't like that nickname at all. Stop. But, uh, Dom. Steve? You mean Steve Gannon? Yes, yeah, Steve Gannon, <laughs> the author. <laughs> Wrote the... Next chapter in the book of the Dallas Cowboys failures. All right, we got to move this along. Yes, we do. We're Chiefs down to the blitz wire. the Bears, forty-one ten. No need for a response to that. Taylor Swift, stop! <laughs> I wanted to ignore it. <laughs> Shake it off. 
Oh, man. Shake it off. A blank space in my mind after this game when looking at the Stop. Bears. Stop. You're really stretching. Move along. Chiefs blitz them. Um, good for Travis Kelsey, man. Stop. Good for Travis Kelsey. Boring. He scored a touchdown. It good was the him. last thing I had without her in it. Good for him. Both on and off the field. Raiders, Steelers. Raiders, Steelers. Steelers win at 23-18. By the way, Josh McDaniels, I'm not sure what he's doing. Yeah, he's um, Down eight. With Kicked a field goal. Two minutes to go. <laughs> Kicks a field goal. On like fourth and three? Two or 22 to go. Kicks it. I mean, what, what are we doing? I don't know. That's not smart that, That's a fireable offense in my mind. I don't know about that, but. They're, they're now one and two. Maybe he didn't They're going to be bad. They're going to miss the playoffs. Maybe he didn't feel confident in their two-point They're going to miss the playoffs. Oh, my goodness. Unreal. Yeah. Terrible time management. Pathetic. I mean, you knew your defense isn't good enough to get you the ball back, right? Devontae Adams was very good. Not much else for the Raiders. Yeah, not at all. All right, let's preview these Monday night games. Let's do it. Two of them. Eagles, Buccaneers down ba, ba, in Tampa. Ba, 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 da, ba, da. The Eagles are going to win. Ba, 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 and stay under. Oh, by the way, the Raiders did get the ball back, albeit with 12 seconds 12 left. Seconds. They ran two plays. Well, one play through an interception. That was it. So, yeah. From their own 12 yard line. So, I don't know, 15 or whatever it was. Uh, they, Who yeah, was 15. it that threw the uh, Hail Mary this week and almost came down with it? Last week, Russell Wilson threw in a Brandon Johnson that was called. No, this week, there was one that was like batted up off someone's shoulder pad. I don't know. Oh, don't that's going to irritate about. me. All right. I know what I'm talking about. It was a 1 o'clock game. Anyway, Eagles, Buccaneers. Eagles, five and a half point favorites down in Tampa against the Fighting Baker Mayfields. Yeah, the Fighting Bakers. Mike Evans. Mike Evans. Chris Godwin. Nah, Baker Mayfield. That's who you're going with? Yep. They got some good receivers, which could be a matchup problem for this uh, really injured Eagles secondary. Maddox isn't playing. Yeah. Uh, James Bradbury Bradbury will line up at nickel. So he will start at the nickel position. Is Blankenship back? I should know that, and I feel like I heard about that, but I can't remember one way or another. By the way, the Hail Mary is Jets-Pats. Jets-Pats, yeah. Zach Wilson almost won the game. But he didn't. Garrett Wilson had it go off his shoulder pad. So there's that. But the Eagles, I expect to get a resounding win. I think it's week three. You're going to start to see them be putting it together more and more each week. Kind of got a sense of that in that they pulled away from the Vikings but kind of let them back into the game. I think they pull away and, and kind of do a better job of stepping on the throat, not giving any chance for life. Like I said, though, passing attack for Tampa Bay could be a problem for the Eagles. Uh, expect them to put up some points, but I think the Eagles win something to the tune of 31-17. Um, yeah, I think the Eagles get a comfy win, more than a one-score game for the first time this season. Buccaneers win. Oh, my goodness. Come on. In their dreams. Eagles yeah. win it 27-20 in okay. Tampa. Uh, tight game. I don't think the Eagles are going to have a comfortable lead and pull away, but they're going to win. They'll win by a touchdown. 27-20. Give All me right. Philly. Go Birds, baby. Look for uh, the running attack. Uh, who's going to be the leader tonight? DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift, likely, you know. Um, and I head think... Coach, uh, head coach... Nick Sirianni did say they're going to ride the hot hand, and he, with 170 yards, certainly fits that description right now after last week's performance against the Vikings. Kenneth Gainwell is healthy once again, so a nice complimentary option. A.J. Brown, five touchdowns. A.J. Brown is going to go off. He was complaining about not getting enough catches. I think that problem has gotten resolved Supposedly in the last their argument 11 wasn't days. about targets. 
I don't know what it was about, but he seems like he's been whining. And I think that uh, that squeaky wheel gets the oil this week. Look for A.J. Brown. You know, some weeks it's Devontae Smith. It's been him so far this year. Uh, two touchdowns. A.J. Brown, I don't think, has found the end zone yet. Uh, look for A.J. Brown to have, you know, two touchdowns tonight in my mind. Um, and then Hurts and, and the ground game could make up for the, the others. But I think the Eagles win uh, their most solid win so far yet this season. They'll be 3-0 and and extinguish the undefeated Buccaneers. That still doesn't feel right coming off the tongue, but it is. 2-0. Battle of the 2 0s tonight. Should be a good game. Fun to watch down in Tampa. All right. Rams-Bangles to round out the show. Uh, this game in Cincy. Joe Burrow will suit up. He's going to play. Fighting through a calf injury. Reaggravated the same calf that he heard in training camp. Give me the Rams to pull the upset. Man, I had them too. Three I point you dogs. To not pick them. Three point dogs. Give me Stafford. Nakua is going to be on fire all night long. The defense will stifle this Bengal offense. I think they'll get a right around seventeen to twenty points. Yeah, but I think the Rams are going to win it twenty four to twenty. Oh, you picked my score too. Did <laughs> really? What are we doing here? We're on the what same page. We're on the same page. Twenty four twenty. This is why the I like Rams going first in NFL. Boom. Let's go. That's crazy. There no is way. no way you just said that. I, I did. I thought about it long and hard, too. <laughs> you really thought about 24-20? Yes! <laughs> That's amazing. Up I didn't top. even realize before right now, this is a Super Bowl 56 rematch. Up top. Up top, buddy. 24-20. If it doesn't happen, there's something wrong with the universe. Yeah. We're on the same page in this game. But Oh, by the way, I forgot to read a notebook. Super Bowl 56 rematch. Yeah, you forgot it twice now. Well, don't worry. I'll read the second one. Good. So, Real quick. Let's get on that. the K or notebook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. You're doing okay. your best. It's okay. <laughs> From the KUR community calendar, want to join a fun campus club? Join KUR. Fun events, great friends, and an opportunity to play your favorite tunes await. Email KUR at kutztown.edu. That's K-U-R at kutztown.edu for more information. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, K-U-R. All right, we go. We both go the Rams 24-20 <laughs> over the I don't Bengals on Monday night. Unbelievable. I struggle to comprehend that. That's crazy to me. Um, anything else you want to add? we got 50 seconds left. 50 seconds? Nah, man, just go, Birds. I'm so excited. The Cowboys lost. We can take sole possession of first place in the NFC East, and we're not going to look back after that. I will tell you what. But how about them Cowboys? Ha <laughs> Go Birds! Man, I'm excited for football right now. And we are undefeated so far. So, man, it's shaping up like last year, you know? Philly's going to the playoffs. Undefeated NFL team. Undefeated college team. I am feeling it. A lot of fun right now, Jack, in Philly sports. All right. Well, that'll do it. We'll be back here on Wednesday. Not too long of a wait for us. Florida State 4-0 for me. I'm excited about that. Giants off to a rough start. Steelers 2-1, though. Not too bad. Um, lot to be excited for. Enjoy Monday Night Football. Eagles and Buccaneers kicking off in about 15 minutes. Uh, and then Rams-Bangles round of the night. Thank you so much for listening to us here tonight. We'll be back on Wednesday. We'll be back then. Take care.